ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circus's podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. I don't need no man. I identify as a lesbian with pink hair today. And we're done. So. Because, uh, you know, I deserve better. You deserve this. I'm talking to all the lesbians with pink hair out there. It's not just a choice I made to be a lesbian with pink hair. It's my identity. And it's, uh, it's a man's world. And in a man's world, a lesbian with pink hair can't get ahead. So, you know, until we change things and make it equal for all of us, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep speaking out against the man's world and the patriarchy. And um, I mean, except the Middle East, I think they've got it all figured out. They're right about women over there, from what I understand. I've seen flyers that say that at least. So. <laughs> what's that look for are you done well i mean or are you just starting i mean i'm just yeah I mean, we're just starting baby <laughs> we're just starting baby hold on a second real quick i gotta play this let's go to new york city she sounds drunk as hell <laughs> so this was at uh megan rapino uh or rapino i, I think it's rapino so she that, that's she's the the lesbian with pink hair. She'll let you know that uh, isn't getting paid as much as the men's team, or her team doesn't get paid as much as the men's team, and the, they're better. That's the women's world championship soccer, soccer team, team that got beat by a bunch of fourteen-year-old high school boys. Yeah, well, you know, like you told me before, it was an exhibition match. They were they were being they were being cool. With I kids. wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if for the first half they were taking it easy until they got down three to nothing, and then they were like shit. Yeah, let's hear a little bit more from her because it's really compelling here. I see y'all right here, but I see everyone in the distance as well. Hello back there. This is crazy. This is absolutely insane. That's when you don't Uh, have shit to say. mm -hmm. Such at a loss for words. I mean, I'll find them. (laughs) I did not quite play this. Ridiculous. Um, First and foremost, my teammates. Um, Shout out to the teammates. Just shout out to the teammates. Just just let everybody. She's still trying to figure out what the fuck to say. So This is coming out of left field for you. Yeah. This group is so resilient, is so tough. Tell me she doesn't sound such drunk a there. Sense of humor. She's seen, and she's making these big it's gestures, so, so I think she's, she's on something. Like, but she's kind of starting to slur a little bit. Nothing that can phase this group. We're chilling. We We're chilling. Tea sipping. We got celebrations. Drunk tea. We have pink hair and purple hair. We have tattoos and dreadlocks. We got white girls and black girls and everything in between. Straight girls and gay girls. Hey. Hey. Yeah, straight girls and gay girls. Hey. It's all about the critical race theory uh, identity fucking um, uh, stack, the identity stack. Mm-hmm. So the more the more of these identities that you lump on together, the more um, social status you have okay and that's that's what that's all about it's not about 
we're we're a really good soccer team. We're awesome, and we you know, and this is why we're so good. We beat this many teams, and that no, we're very diverse, and we've got pink hair and purple hair because the white girls that aren't lesbian, which I don't think there's very many of them probably on that team, but the white girls that aren't lesbian, they they are really low on the progressive stack. Right. So what they have to do is dye their hair. To gotcha. Give them a little bit, little bit, so that. So that when people see them, it's like, ooh, and they shake their head and go, mm, not in this patriarchy, Missy. You don't you don't dye your hair pink or purple. And then that makes them feel like more of a victim, and that raises them like a 0.5% on the pro- progressive stack. So what I'm hearing you say is you don't believe that Megan Rapinoe is a, is a lesbian. Really? You think she's tacking that on with the pink hair to buy more social status points. Oh, no, points. She's, she's probably a lesbian. But... You know, the other girls there, she goes, we've had pink hair and purple hair because the other girls that have seen her be a lesbian and then boom, once she had that pink hair, boom, her status went up and they're like, well, shit, I'm not lesbian. At least I better have some pink hair. So if there's a white girl with dreadlocks, I have a few questions. Can she be, can she be a lesbian white girl with dreadlocks or is she going to look like she's trying too hard because of the cultural appropriation? She's appropriating. But you know what? If you look into the, um, the, the history of dreadlocks. It wasn't just black cultures that had dreadlocks. No, oh, that's that's your white privilege talking. Scandinavians, Irish. Eh, that's your white privilege talking. But no, so my other question is then, if she gets past the cultural appropriation, or if she doesn't, can she somehow make up for it by dyeing her hair pink in solidarity? Or is that also seen as appropriating? And then since she appropriated her uh, um, hairstyle and her hair color, will they say she's not really a lesbian? Did she dye her? I'm confused. Did she dye her dreadlocks pink, or did yes. she cut the dreadlocks she, off and then no, like, she dye had, the peach fuzz pink? No, she had she had dreadlocks right. that she dyed pink. Oh, okay. Was that distracting from the cultural appropriation, or very, will that make it look like she's confusing. trying even harder? Well, she should have done purple. Okay. As a straight woman, because yeah, she's trying too hard if she makes it pink. What if she's got a BLM or an All Lives Matter tattoo? That yeah, that puts no that that raises her up. It's got to be over her heart though, right? And she has to make sure it's proudly displayed wherever right. she goes, and she has to bring it up. Except she, she has to point at it. So, Black Lives Matter. Except she can't have, uh, she can't have it as a tramp stamp because that is inherently no. giving into the patriarchy. Yes. And Rooster, if you don't proudly proclaim Black Lives Matter and display it, then your silence is violence. Really? Okay. So, yeah. Wow, I am learning so much. We went. We spent way bullshit too much, too much listening time. to this. <laughs> way too much time on this already. <laughs> but I spent way too much time looking this shit up. Hey, there, we so. were figuring shit out, man. All right, that's what we were trying to learn the rules. All right, all right. What do you got? Um, I want to talk about the Oakland, California, uh, giving a five hundred dollar check to the racist families. non-racism. Yeah. So okay. They, they, now, this was government, the uh, Oakland City, or it, this is a government program that's funded by private um, donate, donations. Okay. So I, it's not taxpayer money, I guess. Not yet. Yeah, exactly. But so people are saying, well, it's private business. They can do what they No. So what they're doing is they're saying if you're under $59,000 with a child, then they're going to give you $500 unless you're white. So if you're Hispanic, Asian, whatever, unless you're white, you're not getting that. By the way, I know that Oakland and and uh, San Francisco are two of the well, at least San Francisco is one of the most expensive places in the country to live. 
Um, and Oakland is right across the bay from him, so I can't imagine it's a whole lot cheaper. But did you know what the median income of a family of four in this country is? No. It's like $58,000. Oh, wait. No, sorry. It's like sixty-two. It was fifty-eight, and then we had Trump, and it went up like four to $6,000. So they're saying basically- That was you, unsustainable, Rooster. If, if you have the median income of a family of Smoking four- years. We're going to give you an extra $500. Yeah. In other words, half the country lives on less than you. I realize it's Oakland, so it's not the same as in Wyoming, but still. Yeah. So here's here's the thing about this is there, I think it passed. I don't have the article in front of me. I don't think it even had to, did it? Didn't the mayor just like declare they were doing yeah. it? Um, and I guess people could, there, there are thousands of poor white families in Oakland that other than being white, would qualify for this this grant or this whatever it was free handout um, but they're not getting it based on their solely on their race so if they decided to get a class action lawsuit going and and sue there's nowhere they can go with this is there they can't really sue over this. i i think they can are they going to doubt it i don't is a, is a law firm gonna go not worth it oh someone will do it some some law firm will do it, and then they're going to decide. Yeah, it wasn't legal. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't legal to do that. But since the money was already given out to the black families, and there's none left over, it would be punitive to take that money back. So they're going to keep that money, and we're just going to say, hey, you know, we won't do this in the future. That's what's going to come of it. Uh, they'll probably win some settlement against the city of Oakland. You think so? Yeah. I think the fact that they had uh, the money wasn't tax money, taxpayer money. Look, here's the thing. Here, all you need to know from this is California is a shithole run by corrupt. Overeducated liberals, get out. Yeah, yeah. That that's all you need to and know. And don't bring your bullshit politics with you if well, you're if you're bullshit politics. And I I hear that all the time. Who do you think? I think it's different with New York. People leaving New York City to go down south, but people have been doing that for a long time. Move Florida. Yeah. What people do you really think are leaving California to move to Texas? Do you think it's the liberals? Not right away. Not initially. I think I think there might be some, but I think for the most part, it's the people who. Who have been sitting in California going, just give me a reason. Yeah. It's already messed up enough. And this was just the thing that kicked it over the edge. And I think some of them, like Rogan, who views himself as a as a liberal, although I don't think he is based on the whole of his beliefs. But, I mean, he votes Democrat most of the time. I'm going by what he says he does. Yeah. Um, he moved to Austin. He's just like, just tell me who to vote for to keep Texas like this. Yeah. By the way, did you hear just recently he got caught on another podcast? I guess he was a guest on another podcast, and they were just – it was like one of those long rambling links like he does. And he basically got caught that he lied about when they switched his – switched over from YouTube to um, Spotify. Yeah. Um, All of a sudden, people noticed that there were interviews missing, like the Jordan Peterson interview was missing. The the two interviews with um, Gavin McGinnis were missing. The um, – Alex Jones. Alex Jones. I will eat your ass. I'll, I'll do, do it. it. That guy. Um, those are missing. And, and initially they were saying, oh, that's just kind of a glitch, you know, whatever. And Joe Rogan was saying, no, they're not censoring. That They aren't. They didn't tell me I couldn't have certain things on my show. It was just, you know, whatever. And then he came back and said, well, you know, th- th- those are the ones I really enjoyed those interviews. So I kind of wanted to keep those on YouTube as all. So finally he had this talk with this whoever podcast he was on and he let it slip. That he said basically he brought his, his – um, he brought over to, uh, his whole catalog over to Spotify and the fact and they they didn't want him to have certain topics or certain guests on. And he goes, it was just a few of them. I didn't really care. 
All right, so let me let me pose a moral dilemma to you. And I'm not talking about Spotify comes to you as you let's say you got a podcast. Let's just say you have one. Uh, let's say you have a podcast, you have millions of viewers or listeners, and you decide, hey, I want to make some money on this. I'm going to cash in somewhere, right? And Spotify comes to you and says, all right, we'll take your podcast. We'll pay you $100 million for the next, you know, over the next 10 years. So you're going to get 10 million bucks a year or something. But you have to kick these six episodes off they can't come with. Um, are you going to, over $100 million, are you going to fall on your sword over something you had already decided to do? Because to me, there's a big difference then. If Spotify comes to you out of the blue and says, we'll pay you $100 million, um, and you say, yeah, sure, and then they go, but you got to get rid of these, and you go, well, yeah, okay. To me, there's a difference. Oh, I get mine. Hey, I'd do it. Yeah. So to me, in the first example, you've already decided you're shopping it. And if the people buying it tell you, you know, hey, we'll we'll buy it, but we don't want these. It, it, it's bullshit that he tried to sit there and say that he wasn't censored, though. I mean, it's going to come out. Just say, yeah, they didn't want certain things. And I said, fine, I don't care. I'll keep it on YouTube. He could have just started uh, led with that instead of sounding shady and like trying to keep it secret. Yeah, like if that's he what he did, I, it's kind of shitty. Yeah, I mean, I'm is. not saying he shouldn't have done it. You know, because if he's making a shitload of money, I, I want to make a shitload of money. And I'll, I'll do some pretty fucking deplorable shit to make that money if it's a lot of money. Like what? What would you do for $10 million? I can't discuss this on it. <laughs> Is there anything you wouldn't do for $10 million? Yes. Like? It's plenty. Like? Give me the top uh, three things. They're all probably sexual related. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be doing any German shit porn? Right. <laughs> okay. Right. For $10 million? Yeah. Have you ever heard of pegging? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you would do that for 10 million bucks? <laughs> That's one of the sexual things I wouldn't do. <laughs> There's probably a whole slew of things I wouldn't do. I do a lot of stuff for $10 million. I wouldn't murder somebody. Even if they had it coming, I wouldn't do um, it. If they had it coming and you know you wouldn't, there wouldn't be legal retribution for it, fuck yes, I would. Oh, apps. There's people that deserve to die, man. We're going to get emails now about, hey, Crow, are you busy? <laughs> 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 now we know exactly what you are, Crow. You're going to negotiate how much you're willing to yeah, take for it. I don't have $10 million, but, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but how I got, low can you go? I got 50 bucks. <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> You'll be like, make it 75. Deal. Yeah. Give me the whole dossier. <laughs> I'll mull it over. Is it, you know, where's the proof? Okay. Hey, you're like, are you a cop? Because you have to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> this guy admitted to this? He admitted to it. It's on record. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, um, all right. I mean, there's not much more to say about that. I, one. I think it is blatantly racist. Yeah. I mean, you're excluding people be from racist. a benefit based and, on their and race. systemically racist because the system it's a system set up to, um, to to produce a racist result. This is just uh, I'm not saying see, personally. I think it's a stupid idea, but this is why I love this sort of uh, cauldrons of democracy kind of deal where different states can try different things if they want. And if California, if Oakland decides they want to give out 500 bucks to these people to see what can happen, fine, go ahead. I wouldn't do it because I think that's stupid. But if they want to, go ahead. But it's blatantly racist to do it well, based on race. And then to have it be like state sponsored, and I get it, it's not taxpayer funded, which is, you know, but it doesn't, that shouldn't matter. Also, 
there's all kinds of racism going on and racism going on in all kinds of other industries. Every industry has it where they're where they're excluding white people from it and they're blatantly for black people. They'll give grants out specifically for black people, but they can't give grants specifically for white people. Yeah. Um, there's all all that shit going on left and right anyway. And they go, Well, that's not the government. Yeah, it's not, but it still should be illegal. Or if they have grants just for white people, they shouldn't shit on those people that put those grants out. Like Milo Yiannopoulos was doing that for a while, was gonna set up a grant just for white students because there were so many different racial grants out there. And he goes, there's none for whites. And so he got shit on for that. Well, no, there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. He didn't get specific like gay Jewish British guys or screwing black guys. (laughs) I think he probably did. (laughs) Um, Um, Did you see, I, I just saw it real quick. I think it was on Shannon Bream show on uh, Fox, but there was some student and he recorded it. The teacher in their class showed them a picture. I think it was a college student showing a picture of two people. A white girl and, I mean, sort of a... Trying to, trying to get the guy to, to point out their racial difference. Yeah, it looked like a really pale-skinned black black woman. Yeah. And he said, what do you see? And he goes... Two said, people chilling. Two people chilling. Yeah. And the teacher goes, what else? And he's like, I feel like you're trying to make me recognize these people's race. And the teacher goes, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. we got to get away from this. Yeah. People are people. You know, you are not, you are not a collection of your skin color and all that you are a collection of the decisions you make and the way you treat other people but we're not going to get away with from this until um people don't get rewarded for it exactly and they are yep. at this point more so than ever before yeah so, um, well and they should because reparations no go fund me's all that kind of stuff you know you, you get money you get money for for being part of the progressive stack um speaking of of that um Pointing out the differences in race, Sesame Street casts new black Muppets to educate children on the ABCs of racial literacy. It's part of their organization's Coming Together initiative. This is from The Blaze. So I'm going to read this real quick. Sesame Workshop creator of Sesame Street is introducing two new black Muppet characters in order to teach children about racial literacy. The move is part of Sesame Workshop's Coming Together initiative, which is the organization's ongoing commitment to racial justice. Right there, that line their ongoing commitment to racial justice if you put a qualifier after or before justice it's no longer justice so racial justice isn't a fucking thing sesame street you know yeah um i'm trying to find a picture of these new black muppets but and do they have a commitment to just regular justice they do not there's no there's no commitment to justice because if there was a commitment to justice they would not just talk about uh, black people, yeah, black people getting, and isn't the Muppets generally, weren't they all like different skin tones, but not even like real skin tones, like different colors? Like wasn't Bert like bright yellow and Ernie orange? Yeah. Uh, Grover is not even human. I don't think any of, there might have, there was, I can't even think of a Muppet that was like, like peach colored. Scooter. Okay. But he was, uh. Miss Kerm- Piggy. Yeah, it's just more of an orange. So, But pigs are kind of generally pink. So, but that just ongoing commitment to commitment to racial justice doesn't mean anything. It just means we're gonna we're gonna pander to a racial division is what we're gonna do. You know, they've already had um, talked about in, on the Muppets probably or Sesame Street talked about race um, on throughout the years. I'm sure had like episodes dealing with racial issues and differences in color, where they probably had a purple guy and a green guy and a yellow guy and whatever other colors, chartreuse, 
and they were talking about how we're all the same and we're all we have value not based on the color of our fabric on the on the content of our character well i think grover was voiced by a black guy too was he yeah well i know uh, elmo was yeah that was it and it's like who cares yeah uh, so what are the details? A press release from the organization states that a black Muppet father and son, Elijah and Wesley Walker, are joining the show in order to combat to combat racism. Are they going to have, um, are they going to be armed like the Not Fucking Around Coalition? Are they going to shoot each other in accident? Or, I shouldn't say accident, negligently shoot each other? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, like the Not Fucking Around Coalition does when they get together? They only shot like three people. And speaking of the Not Fucking Around Coalition... There was an MSNBC puff piece just recently on them, and it's a militia. It's a we've talked about them in the past. It's a militia that uh, it's run by a guy called Grandmaster Jay. Yeah, and they claim that they're all like they're like highly military trained. Yeah, and they're they're just jokes. So they show up and they march around, and you know half of them have airsoft rifles. Well, the, the guy who's got um, it's like big country or pure country or something. The YouTube channel, heavy duty country, heavy duty country. He got was. It. He was showing pictures of like this guy's got his scope on backwards. Mm-hmm. This guy's uh, got a round jammed in his bolt, and yeah. and then they've in two occasions they've negligently some someone in the group negligently discharged their weapon, and the second time they actually shot one of one of the people. They shot like more than one. Yeah, yeah, two people got hit. Yeah, so they're they're clowns, you know, but they're they're black what, separatists. White clowns, like they they make you laugh. Mommy. No, they're they're clowns. They're funny. They make you laugh. Yes, is that it? Uh, they, they're black separatists, they're black nationalists, and their whole stated goal is to kind of basically create a separate government of just black people within the United States, carve out a section of land. He'll take, I think he's they'll take Texas. Yeah, I think he's, we'll just take Texas, carve out a section of land separate from the U S government and they have their own government. That's what they are. They're black separatists, black nationalists. Well, the heavy duty country guy goes, he's from Texas. He's like, okay, come get it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but this MSNBC puff piece, they had a a reporter embed with them, embedded with them. Um, And they, um, it was just basically, it was almost like glowing. Like, isn't this great kind of thing? And barely mentioned that they were black separatists. Like that was like an aside or like a really quick aside that they brought into it. But they were like uh, talking about how they're, they're, at first she goes, an unarmed group, uh, armed group. Like it was like they so badly wanted to downplay it. Uh, they haven't been involved in any violence, unlike other militias, except for shooting. And each you other. know what they do? They contact the when they have their rallies and their and their marches. They contact and coordinate with law enforcement, unlike other militias like the three percenters and the um, uh, the what's the other one? The, the, the oh, the one. Patriot uh, Patriot Prayer. No, not Patriot Prayer. Um, it starts with M, I think. Yeah, I can't but think of it. There, there's two big ones and. Unlike them, like, hold it right there. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, no, no, no. These Patriot Prayer and the... Patriot Prayer is the nonviolent one. Yeah, but there's another one. The three percenters, and then there's one more. Yeah, but I they know. actually all coordinate with law enforcement. They do. When they when they have... They actually get the permits, and they coordinate with law enforcement because they don't want violence there, Yeah, because Maxine Waters was having her big demonstration yeah. a couple years ago, and, and the cops got a hold of... it. It's this other one. I can't remember what it is. It's the... They're real constitutionalists. They're yeah. like strict, uh, but they were going to show up, and the cops are like, "You probably shouldn't." And they went, "Okay, cool, we won't." So yeah. they just didn't want violence. So this bullshit of oh, these guys, these this NFAC, not fucking around coalition, which she wouldn't even say the name of it. He had to say well, what, that stands for the the not effing around coalition. And she goes, "Well, what does that mean exactly?" Oh, we ain't going to take it anymore. 
that kind of thing. It's like, okay, take what? And she wouldn't push them at all. It was all this, this very like mild massaging of, of, of them. And then they went back to the, the talking head panel after doing this puff piece. And then it was Al Sharpton in the panel. And some I, I just heard it, so I didn't get to see it. So I was just, so I don't know who all, I could tell Sharpton's voice, but I couldn't tell the other guy. But I think it was a white guy. You can tell, you know, because I'm racist. I can tell the difference between white and black people by their by the way they speak. Um, and he's just talking about how, you know, you know, I basically saying the, you know, the last time that uh, the the politicians uh, did the Jim Crow laws and did that is because they were afraid of having black people have have power and weapons. Now, I, I would think if this if these guys showed up at the at the uh, at the White House or not the White House at the uh, Senate chambers like like the other people did, we, we'd see we'd see things went down differently. And he's like, I, I don't have the specific quotes from the guy, but the, the impression I got from him was that he was like kind of excited that this black militia group was was getting together and doing stuff and he kind of wanted to see them go and, and push back against the mostly white uh um senators and, and just uh, see them cower see them you know see these powerful black men and women just showing their power and i'm like what are you doing yeah i know what are you fucking doing you fucking limp dick bitch i mean it's it's talk about unity and preach division yeah and it's like they they talk shit about all the other militias won't say anything nice about them. We'll we'll slander and lie about them. And and but then this black group, who's a, a black separatist group, and one of the quotes from this Jan, uh, Grandmaster Jay was like, uh, she goes, "Would would have you ever participated in, in, in any uh, insurgents acts or something like that?" He's like, "Oh no, we never did that. We we would never go to the sacred halls and blah blah blah." I'm like, "Bitch, you don't believe that's a sacred hall. You want a separate government because you don't believe in the U.S. government. Right. Fuck right. you." And they just let them get away with that. You think she was asking him questions and holding up cue cards? Probably. Could you tell if he was reading it? I'm. If I was watching it, I probably could. Yeah. But it's just, it's disgusting how they've spent the last five, six, seven years just excoriating any kind of uh, group of, of of people that are armed. Militia groups, basically. And, and even if they're, like even Patriot Prayer, they talk shit about Patriot Prayer, even though they're not really technically a militia. No, they're just. I mean, they yeah. show up to the stuff. Yeah. But again, they're. I think that's uh, Joey. What's his name's group like, out of Portland? But yeah, they but, don't usually get into. But a lot of times they'll have like Proud Boys will show up to protect these guys right, because right. they know these guys will not protect themselves. Right. They strictly nonviolent. So, but the media will do whatever it can to to paint these guys just like the uh, insurrectionists um, who are all going to get let go now because they weren't insurrectionists. There was a right. very very small handful of people that were violent and. Writers, half of them probably were lefties, or at least one of them, were was far in the left BLM. Um, that was just John Sullivan trying trying to instigate shit. Yep. Um, for clicks and likes and uh, and to make the the Trump supporters look bad. And because CNN paid him. And that all kinds of nefarious reasons, and he wasn't the only one. We'll find out. Yeah, I'm um, sure. So so most of the people that did the uh, the uh, violence or the the property damage is all it was really. Um, well, he got into some conflict with some police, but um, well, they killed a, they killed a police officer with a with a fire extinguisher. Is what I was told. no, they didn't. Wait, that didn't happen. Turns out it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, off track again. And then this is even more so a trap because we we're talking about Sesame Street before I went into the NFAC. But it was a good segue, wasn't well, it? Well, what else is there to talk about with Sesame Street? Look, I a couple of years ago, I think I remember Sesame Street was in danger of getting canceled because nobody's watching yeah. it anymore. Well, I just I just like the fact that they go. They have racial justice agendas that they're they they want to combat racism. They're they're it's just like 
this all this militant leftist speak is creeping into every aspect and they're targeting children early with this stuff and sesame street's part of that and they're saying oh no they're not yes they fucking are it's just like this not little nas x what's this fucking what's this oh my god this gay rapper that did he's the one that did the um, old town road old town road which i fucking can't stand never well i can't stand rap to begin with but i couldn't stand that shit right and oh it was so great everybody loved it well this guy he's a he's a uh, out gay rapper guy right and he just did another music video for a song for a rap that was just blatantly um blasphemous against yeah he goes down to goes Christians. down to hell slides yeah. down a stripper pole and and gives a gives a lap dance to satan yeah and it's it's blatantly sexual disgusting blasphemous it's gross and yeah they have every right to do that but I was listening to Matt Walsh talk about it, and two different people talked uh, talked about that. I listened to that I that I respect was um, Sticks, Sticks Hexenhammer talked about it. And he's like, "You guys, you conservatives need to lighten up. This guy's just trying to make a buck, and you know, it's it's just like you know, you guys are saying we have a right to express ourselves. He does blah blah. I, I get it. And he's like, "Oh, dismissive of it." Matt Walsh on the other hand goes, "No, no, no. This guy before this was targeting children. To was curating children as his has has his, he even said so." Um, he, he wrote, he had a children's book and he had an interview saying, once I did that old town road, I realized that most of the listeners or most people that liked that were kids. That's children. true. Yeah. And he goes, and off that popularity of that, I wrote a children's book and now he's curating a following of children, of kids. And then the next thing he does is put out a video that's blatantly, uh, you know, sexual deviancy. Yeah, I I agree, but we also whenever we do this, we have to give. Uh, um, you know, I I got into this thing with my dad. I won't get into what, but uh, it was a disagreement on the, the COVID thing. But he, it was surprising to me because he's a relatively conservative guy who suddenly was saying, you know, we got to protect the stupid people from themselves. And I said, I said, that's one thing that's always bothered me about people who view themselves as sort of smarter than everybody else. My dad's a very smart guy. But this idea that, you know, there's a whole bunch of stupid people out there that need to be protected. Um, and it's I don't, I don't think that's the government's job. And so my point with this is we can look at that and say he's manipulating a lot of kids. I don't and I agree. That's also not giving a very large number of parents who see this stuff and say, yeah, you're not watching. Like my son, my youngest, loved Old Town Road. Played it constantly, all the time. Uh, doesn't care that Lil Nas X is gay because it doesn't matter to him. Yeah. And I don't care either. I wouldn't either but if it wasn't an agenda. Then he starts, you know, hearing about this whole, the the devil blood shoes and all that stuff. and Yeah, that, oh yeah, we, we got to talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and he's just like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, you don't need to be watching that. And he's like, okay. You know, yeah. So there are plenty of parents out there who are, are going to pay attention to this and say, "Uh, no." But I think Sticks is. I'm going to fall more on the Sticks side of this than the Matt Walsh side, uh, because while there is definitely some truth to what Matt Walsh is saying, as a as a person who preaches free speech, you got to allow people to express themselves and you know have stupid ideas like this. But I think it's parents need to be involved yeah. in what their kids are watching. What he's getting at, what I get at with this is in a healthy society, this wouldn't fly. And th- this is just a sign of a degradation of societal standards. In certain places. So to to promote, have companies promote this guy and, and promote this, um, knowing that it's blasphemous or that, it, that it's, what am I trying to say? 
that it, it you couldn't target a group of people like Muslims in a video without getting like, oh my God, right. no, this is not going to happen. Right. But it's okay with Christians, at the, and they shouldn't be at this point. Right, which he claims he's not targeting, which is so he obviously not is. true. Yeah. I know. So I don't know. I just I look at it like I think the more you bitch about this thing, the more play he gets, and the the more he gets out of it. Although Nike is suing him now. Um, because apparently he put the swoosh upside down on the shoes or something like that. I don't know. But there's 500 of these blood shoes. They have like a drop of human blood. Mixed and into the ink or something. Into the red ink in the sole. And, and uh, oh, sorry, there's not 500. There's 666 pair of them. Yeah. You know. Well, there was a just recently an epic face mask viral video that went out where, where a woman was bitching about people not wearing masks and how they just need to shut up now and get with the program. Yeah. You see that? Mm, probably. I've seen it, a lot of those. Yeah, it was it was all the same bullshit where, where uh, you know, uh, if you refuse to wear a mask at this point, shut up. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear your excuses. And I tell you what, you better go work down at the hospital where these nurses and doctors are overworked and stressed out because of COVID deaths. Fuck you. That's a lie. Yeah, Prove I don't want to. Prove it, bitch. I don't want to hear it. about you either. Prove it. Yeah. Prove any of this. You can't, can you? It's all fucking emotion and based on um, propaganda. That's well, there, all it is. There was a point where hospitals in some places were overwhelmed, but that's not happening anymore. Not, not to the ever, even to the point where they are expecting. Not even close. Right. They didn't it's even, not, they didn't even overflow to um, the ship and the. Med, I know, and, but and you know, we got. Well, that's just because the that's just because they sent them. That's because they sent them to the nursing, nursing homes to kill old people. Um, yeah, but I mean. That's uh, now they just keep talking about the new variants. Uh, the freaking CDC director, what's her name? She's on TV, just almost crying. Oh my god! About how she's terrified about this. Yeah. You know, she just she can't take it anymore. And oh my gosh, I'm really worried about. I'm terrified about these new. I think she said no. She didn't say terrified. She said I am really scared. You know, that's a sign of a stable uh, administration yes. when you've when you've got this person who's the head of the CDC on there, just damn near about to lose her shit. Yeah, the CDC director Walensky. And, uh, yeah, she just, I mean, she's having a nervous breakdown about it. Almost. She kind of seemed like she was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, we should, I don't want to get, I, I don't want this to be another mask episode. Right. So kind of, kind of gotten tired of talking about it because I'm actually pissed off again about masks and I'm like, I'm getting more militant again. Cause I kind of like eased off a bit. I'm like, fuck it. But now I'm starting to get, cause you, you realize that that's what they're doing. They're just like, just the, like the repetitive manner of it and just the beat down the constant beat down is like i just don't want to deal with this anymore but you kind of have to otherwise it's going to just amp, ramp up it's just like governor walls in minnesota we're talking mass shit that's okay go ahead but governor walls in minnesota is a perfect example of what happens we had 14 days to flatten the curve initially in minnesota which turned it over uh, so he can have his emergency. 379 more days so later. So he can have his emergency powers. It's been over a fucking year with Governor Walls with emergency powers. How the fuck as as a, a society, a constitution-loving people should not be standing for this? We can't have a functioning American government with a fucking governor having emergency powers over a fucking year for something that could be handled by the legislature easily. Anything coming up at this point, dealing with COVID, vaccines, um, uh, testing, all that kind of shit can be handled through the legislature, which it should be voted on. Plenty of time to do this. He should not have fucking powers for over a fucking year. Yeah, they got to do it like Wisconsin does. They say, look, you can have 30 days. Yeah. Get 30 days of powers. This is, abs- this is, this is a, 
um, abdication of responsibility by the Minnesota legislature because by the Democrats and by, by the Democrats, which are basically in control of Minnesota, have been for a long time. Well, I mean, the Senate, which is Republican, keeps we're the only split uh, uh, state Congress in the nation, but uh, the Senate keeps trying to vote it down, and they've had a few Republicans defect, but they gotta, I mean, they gotta take this stuff away from the guy, you yeah. know. But the problem with Minnesota, as with a lot of states like Minnesota, you get one big metro area like Minneapolis-St. Paul uh, to go 75% towards the Democratic candidate. You can win the rest of the state, and you're not going to win. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem. And uh, the guy's going to get voted in again. So, you know, everybody needs to forget about we got to get rid of walls. You're not going to get rid of walls. What you got to do is focus on getting those uh, Minnesota, the Minnesota legislature, the House side, flipped over, so that they can turn around and say, "Yep, taking away his powers." And then, and then at that point, you can start focusing on. Well, you should focus now on City Council, Minneapolis City Council, and stuff like that, because those people have a lot of fucking power. They're, that that's lost. They're, it, nope, they're not elected. I, well, they are. Minneapolis City Council is elected. Oh, they are. But they're elected by uh, rank choice voting. Okay, that's that's why. Which is so, stupid. Yeah. Rank choice voting is the worst. Just check out what rank choice voting does to cities, and yeah. it completely fucks them over. Because yeah. someone like Lisa Bender, who's uh, the president or the chairperson of the city council now, she got elected on like five thousand votes <laughs> in a city of over half a million that's people. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But you know, you you make stupid choices and you get what you get. And Minneapolis is. I don't want to do this, you know, apocalyptic, it's done thing, but it's never going to, it's not going to become Detroit, but it's never going to be a very prosperous city for a very long time. I mean, Target, I said this on a podcast a while back, Target leaving downtown Minneapolis will be the sign of the business apocalypse downtown. And now Target's not coming back. Yep. 3,500 employees who are down there, I don't know, on the average three to four days a week. Not being down there, how is that going to affect downtown? You know, they're not paying for parking. They're not paying for um, lunches. They're not hanging around, maybe catching a Twins game or a Timberwolves game and eating beforehand. You know, they're just, they're not going to do it. And what people need to understand is they say, okay, so what if Target doesn't come back? It's it's one company. It's 3,500 people. These cities get their get their revenues from the tax base that's in those cities. So the property values, which they charge property tax off of, and the property tax is based on the assessments of these buildings. And if the assessments of a building that was 100% full or 90% full office building uh, now is 50% full, well, the tax value charge plummets. And these cities can't pay for themselves, you know? But especially yeah. when they're giving away $27 million settlements to... Uh, the George Floyd family. Yeah. They don't have they don't have the money for it. So they're gonna have to raise taxes to pay for that. Yeah. So Well, I wanna really quick finish the story out since I got way off track with the uh, And I started ranting. Well, I did. Yeah. But um, on the Sesame Street. So uh, there's a statement from the president of Sesame Workshop or senior vice president Jeanette Bet Betancourt. In a statement she explained why they needed Black Muppets. Uh, she goes, quote, at Sesame Workshop, we look at every issue through a lens of a child, she explained. No, you don't. 
if you're looking at every situation through the lens of a child, you're not trying to indoctrinate them with shit that doesn't matter to a child. You know, uh, she goes, children are not colorblind. Not only do they first notice differences in race in race and infancy, but they also start forming their own sense of identity at a very young age. The ABCs of racial literacy is designed to foster open, age-appropriate conversations among families and support them in building racial literacy. So they're basically saying, you sit your child down in front of Sesame Street now, that we're going to inundate them with the fact that they're different. People are, people are different. We're not the same. And, you know, there's major differences and people are treated differently based on their skin color. And it's going to cause, then you're, then you're forced to have a conversation about uh, race with your child at a point when the child should just be a fucking child. Yeah. And, and having fun and not worrying about the different colors. And if she goes, oh, why is my neighbor dark skin and I'm light skin? I go, well, why does Jimmy have blue eyes and, and, uh, you know, Amy have um, uh, brown eyes? Then everybody's different, you know, uh, but they're all, you know, we're all the same people. Why is crow such an asshole and rooster so nice? Yes. So people notice I, that stuff right away. Obviously, I'm, I'm obviously I'm not a father because I fucked that up. I would have had that pat uh, down pat if I was a uh, if I was a father. But anyways, because uh, I'm a les a black lesbian, uh, that's how I identify a black lesbian. So you're a mother. No, 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 childless black lesbian. Oh, okay. Because uh, I'm both physically and mentally and emotionally disabled. I tacked on another one, by the way. You are emotionally disabled. <laughs> uh, so they, they, okay. The ABCs of racial literacy is designed to foster open, age-appropriate conversations among families and support them in building racial literacy. And those that racial literacy, that line, that's that's all woke shit. That's all the uh, the critical race theory uses that kind of wording in their shit. So this is all evil shit. By encouraging these much much needed conversations through coming together. That's capitalized, so it's like they're another program. We can help children build a positive sense of identity and value the identities of others. So they're basically pointing out racial differences, um, superficial racial differences, skin color, and and, and making a um, making people making kids have a, um, like a almost a complex about it before they even need need to. Well, you can you can assign whatever value or whatever agenda you want to this, but you know why they're doing this? To be honest, okay. Because no one is watching Sesame Street anymore. There, it. No one is paying attention to it. No one's buying the toys. N- none of that stuff. And so they're trying to make themselves relevant again in the context of what society's talking about. Yeah, there's that, and I think also probably they're they're infiltrated by the SJW types and the Marxists that uh, that do this. That infiltrate in order to educate, unquote unquote, educate children at an early age, indoctrinate. They, they, they get themselves, they put themselves in every institution, everywhere they can, where they think they're going to be influential. Yeah, you're saying Sesame Street's uh, not influential? But... No, I'm saying Sesame Street brought these people in. Yeah, okay. Sesame Street is saying, our numbers are tanking. Shit, what are we going to do? Because I, I you believe... You let one in like cockroaches. They... I believe I heard a story a couple years ago about how Sesame Street was was on the verge of going out of business and disappearing because no one is watching. Here's you know, a... And so... What these marketing people did, who probably have a left-leaning anyway based on the people they brought in, they said, how do we make this more relevant to kids? And somebody said, we need black Muppets. And so they said, all right, let's bring in some social psychologists to tell us about that. So uh, I'll get to the, to the meat of what happened. So they, in a video, in one video featuring the two new Muppets, five-year-old Wes and his father, Elijah, um, Elmo wants to know why Wes's skin is brown. 
Elijah explains the concept of melanin and that the color of our skin is an important part of who we are. No, it's not. Exactly. It's that, not. That's the indoctrination right there. It's 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 the progressive stack. I just I hate that. It's, it's disgusting, and it's and it's it's indoctrinating children. And you sit your child down to watch because I was sat down in front of Sesame Street when I was a kid. I watched it, you know, daily. Um, if your parents don't know what's what's happening, next thing you know, you're going to have your kids turn you in for being a motherfucking racist. Yeah. That's racist. Calling uh, child protective services, and uh, you know. So what you're saying is you the reason you're racist is because you watch Sesame Street? Yeah, and that's got to change. Okay. They need to they that's why these ABCs of racial literacy are so important. <laughs> All right. You well, just you need to stop watching Sesame Street. What do you got? <laughs> oh, uh, one more racial story real sure. quick. Sure. Uh, did you hear this is from uh, the Gateway Pundit. Here's the headline. Racist black man stabs 12-year-old boy in the neck at McDonald's while ranting about white devils. So this is another segue because this indoctrination of, of the progressive stack and uh, critical race theory into, into the teachings of, of, for children. And in, I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, Amazon Prime has a show called uh, um, Why White it's, People it's Hate. A, it's a new series called Them where a black family is terrorized by suburban whites. Okay. It's like it's supposed to be like a Jordan Peele kind of edgy, you know, but um, them kind of thing, or, or or what's the one where you us? Uh, what's the other one he did where the where the antebellum where they where the that's another story a series antebellum. But anyways, so they're creating all these these series and these shows that show white people being the bad guy and this undercurrent of racial hatred and how the black people are the victims. You know why they're doing that because there's not enough actual racism from yeah. whites towards blacks to, um, the, to have this this victim mentality the jordan peele one that was kind of scary was um uh us but that's not the one right that was get out get out yeah so so they're basically taking the the get out which i never watched but it was basically the the, the white folk were were the evil white folk were fucking with the black people mm-hmm. and, and controlling them. Well, this series, which I saw the preview for, made it look like, yeah, a, a, a good upstanding black family moves into a neighborhood in the neighbor in the, in the, in the, the white people in the suburban neighborhood. The white people just terrorize the fuck out of them. But that's what they're doing. It's it's this whole kind of like where you get this just explosion of of media showing black people as victims of white people, and so you get what. You know, the Asians get targeted in racial hate crimes. Um, Jews get targeted in racial hate crimes. And right away, people go, well, fucking white supremacists. God damn them. Yeah. They're always attacking people of color. And then you go, well, wait a minute. The truth is the Jews and the um, Asians that are being attacked are being attacked by black people. Yeah, because white people made them. Okay. So, sorry, I, I keep going off on tangents here. But so racist black man stabs 12-year-old boy in the neck at McDonald's while ranting about white devils because, you know. That's, Why does it say racist black man? Well, I guess, you know. Because um, black people can't be racist. It appears to be a clear anti-white hate crime. Um, and it's reverse Can racism. we have those? Rooster, it's reverse racism. See, there's no I know. reverse racism. <laughs> I, knew just racism. I knew I'd trigger you with it. <laughs> well, I'm not triggered. No, I, I am. I hate that term. I'm just rolling my eyes at you. Uh, okay, so it says the child is in stable condition after being stabbed by Charles Edward Turner, 51, Sunday. He was with his family when a man tackled the boy and stabbed him in the neck with a box cutter. According to the police, the boy was stabbed in the neck inside McDonald's at Liberty Avenue and Stanwyck Street near Market Square around 2 p.m. Uh, he, su- he sustained Officer Ross Small, Harry Seawick, and Steve Harris sustained injuries during the arrest. Blah, 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 blah. 
uh, employees were also injured. According to the criminal complaint, Mr. Turner fought with officers as they tried to arrest him. The complaint alleges that Mr. Turner used racial slurs against officers, patrons, and employees during his arrest and bit one of the witnesses. According to local television reports, Turner was muttering white devils and other anti-white slurs at the crime scene, though the Post-Gazette opted not to include the details about the racial slurs he was using. The report goes on to say in the criminal that in the criminal complaint, a witness told police that Mr. Turner tackled the child from behind. As people tried to pull Mr. Turner away, they noticed the child's neck was slashed. Police do not believe the boy and his attacker knew each other, but they do not know if it was a random spontaneous attack or if Turner had went out with the intent to kill someone. He has a lengthy criminal history and been arrested multiple times for aggravated assault, aggravated harassment by a prisoner, and simple assault, with crimes going back to the 80s. The child was in critical condition when he was initially brought into the hospital, now said to be in stable condition. Uh, Turner's charged with criminal attempted homicide, four counts of aggravated uh, assault, two counts of simple assault, and resisting arrest, being held in a county jail. But lengthy, lengthy mental uh, his, you know, history, mental health issues, and, and lengthy criminal record, and then he's getting this constant barrage over the media of white devil, white devil, white people are bad. And that's just reinforcing his, his instability. You know what, you know what this story tells me though? I went with a different direction in it. We need a national background check for box cutters. Hmm. Cause we can't, we can't keep having this kind of crime, yeah. you know, people assaulted with box cutters. True. So, you I s- mean, people assaulted with box cutters, the, the amount of them every year, knives and stuff like that, outstrips the amount of people attacked with guns. And the amount of people that are attacked with uh, hands and feet. Yeah, so we've got – we have to have a national registry for uh, people hands start and ha- Well, you have to have like pillow gloves and pillow shoes. Yeah. So, um, But, you know, we talked about this before over in, in London when knife attacks were going up. What did they talk about? Banning knives, even steak knives. Yeah. And then – or blunting the tips. I know. Before you could sell them. So you can't cut your, <laughs> can't cut your food. So this is sounds sounds like a joke. You know what? You know who was doing that though? The pudding lobby. You know, <laughs> pudding. Yeah, if we get rid of those damn. Well, I just pudding. I just realized we're getting deep into the podcast, and I monopolized all the topics here. So, do you got something? <laughs> I just wanted to talk about. Well, first of all, did you see that? I think it was DC that carjacking. Oh those two, God! Yeah, it was like a. It was two under driving age, thirteen year old and a fifteen year old, I believe. Yeah, girls, black girls. Who hijacked an Uber Eats driver, and all I saw was the video in the very, you know, it's after they'd kind of jumped in his car, and he's sort of hanging on to the, he's got his back against the driver's side, and he's got the door open, he's trying to say, it's my car, it's my car, and these girls, but you can hear them revving the engine trying to get it into gear. Yeah, this this was uh, near Nationals Park in Washington, D.C. Yeah, so the 66-year-old Pakistani immigrant is trying to make some extra money doing Uber driving. Yep. These girls hit him with a taser, jump in his car, trying to, he's like, it's my car, it's my car. And it shows them just take off down the street, probably 40 miles an hour. Yeah. They hit something, they try and turn right, car flips over. This guy is laying up against the. Just a crumpled well, mess. Yeah, just, I mean, it's. Face first, look, look like, I mean, like when I say face first in the cement, it looked like just like hard face first in the cement and his limbs are all fucked if up. You, if you saw. I mean, it was like, heartbreaking. A twenty-foot giant pick a human being up yeah. and throw him against a wall. That's yeah. what you would expect. It was. To see. I felt. I felt like terrible seeing that. The car's tipped up on its side. These girls are getting out to try and run away. Um, so people are grabbing them, trying to stop them. And the one girl goes, "I gotta get that car. My phone's in that car." Yeah. And she's stepping right past the, yeah. the crumpled body of this man that they that they just tried to steal the car from. Um, yeah, watching the video, I mean, these are the kinds of people in society that society doesn't need. 
The girls will be out by the time they're 20. Well, of course they will because they're minors. Yeah. But, I mean, they killed a guy over – No remorse. Try, yeah, no remorse at all. This is – it's just like – do you remember that story from way back where the – and he's still in jail, but, like, the one kid escorted the other kid – the like, the – Ten-year-old scorted the four-year-old off and murdered him somewhere, yeah. and they had it on. They had the, him walking him away. On that kind of person has to be locked up forever. That's just that is a bad seed. It's, yeah. it's got to go. Yep. You know, and these kids are the same way. I don't care about color. I don't care about race. I don't care about their fucking upbringing. If they are that psychopathic or sociopathic, whatever they are, if they are that uh, dis uh, dis. Disassociated from disassociated emo- from, from, from any emotion. kind of empathy. Yeah, yeah. they they gotta go. Yeah, that's that's a sociopath. They have no no empathy for anybody other than themselves. They don't care for anybody but themselves. And they were probably stealing this car for fun. Yeah, you know, just to show they could do it. Yeah, and I mean, they, they got to go. Yeah, when they pulled off with him, he was still kind of hanging in the driver door, and they t- took off pretty fast, like yeah, tires really fast, and. And the video you watched, the looked like they were intentionally trying to dislodge him from the car because they went towards these uh, cement pylons. Yeah. And it hit the first pylon. They oops, sorry about that. Um, the first pylon they hit, it smacked the door so hard. I'm like, the guy's dead. I thought he was dead from that because that's how hard it hit. And I'm like, he's in that door when that door and it made that noise like a door slamming shut on him. Yeah. And then they did another one. And then they go peeling around the corner, and then you just hear the crash, and the guy filming goes running, and then he tells the National Guard people that are there, like, as the girls are climbing out, and the National Guard's there helping them out. He's like, they just carjacked this car. Don't let them go. They just carjacked this car. And then he pans over and sees this poor guy. This poor guy just crumpled in the uh, on the street. And and like you said, the girls don't care. They're worried about their, their phone. The National Guard doesn't even really help the guy out, which I, w- I watched a video by uh, Brandon Tatum. Yeah, the only thing I'll say on that is, and I agree that's disturbing, but one of the guys does say there's gas leaking out of the car. Yeah, away. yeah, no, and, and I understand, like, maybe after the video cuts out, they run over to him, you yeah. know, because they're just kind of like, oh, it's like, it's a freaky, you know, you see a car crash right in front of you, but um, it, it is kind of just heartbreaking to see the guy laying there crumpled and nobody attending to him, nobody, you know, nobody checking on him. I mean, maybe that happened immediately after the video cut out. Yeah, and for all those people who want to, because I want to talk about the border too, people who say, oh, you're anti-immigrant. No, I mean, this guy appeared to be, from what I can tell, you know. Hard-working he's, guy. With, hard-working guy. You know, he's doing a, doing a side hustle to make some extra money. I mean, this is exactly what you expect from people who are immigrating here. Yeah. Now, maybe he was a criminal from... Pakistan, he was fling- – I don't know. But at least on the surface, it appears to be he was trying to be a good citizen and earn a yeah. living and all that. That's what we need. And to come over here and have that happen to him is just – it's just shouldn't shouldn't happen. Yeah. So. Um, you know, briefly on the border, if you think the border isn't an issue, you're a fool. Yeah. Um, I mean, Biden gets up there and says, we're turning away 90 percent of, of the people. Nope, you're not. He said they're up 28% and they were up 30% when Trump was there. Nope. It was 68%, Joe. And that's that's just the ones they know of. Yeah. We, you talk to uh, people that are on the border and they're like, we don't see even half the people getting across. Yeah, because they're all being pulled off patrol duty. Yeah. So there's more coming over than the numbers tell you. Well, and then there was uh, a, a little town in uh, New Mexico there. I mean, it's a town of like 2,500 people. And every day, uh, the... Uh, and this story is a week old, so it's probably gotten way worse then, that Border Patrol uh, people would show up, 
drop off a van full of 20, 25 people, a couple vans worth of people, and just turn them loose in that community. And they'd be like, you know, here's some toothpaste and a change of clothes and a little bit of money. And that's the uh, immigrant center you go to. And this mayor, who's a Democrat, is saying, we we can't handle these. Right. And their crime is spiking because what else are these people going to do? They can't go get jobs. They can't. The town can't support them. And they've got kids with them. What are they going to do to feed those kids? Just about anything they can. You know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is this is insane. Yeah. And, and people get pissed off when conservatives talk about the border as if we don't care, if, if we think the people trying to get here are, are, are evil. No. They're, but, they're, I, most of them, not the, I'm not, not talking about the coyotes and the drug cartels, not, but there are families that just want to get a better life and think America is going to give them a better life. I can't I don't blame them. It's not no. their fault. And that that's what America's for. Yeah. But I can't remember who used this analogy. It was, you know, a Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh kind of person or something. Maybe it was Tucker. It was someone along those lines said, look, if you want to come in my house, come and knock on the door, tell me who you are, and I'll ask you in. Don't try and sneak in my my basement window. And if I have the resources to help you, I'll help you out. But if it's like 20 people knocking on my door. Yeah, and then, or, they start, and then they start like you or know, breaking in through my basement window. Through my windows, then there's an issue. Yeah, now we got a problem. Yeah, you know, and and this idea that well, we're the richest country in the world, so we should help everybody. That it's a limited amount of resources. Right. We we don't have and enough. logistics. Yeah, and you know the idea that they're putting these these immigrants in hotels, and we've got uh, veterans who are homeless on the street. This is insane. You know, and, and, and the Biden administration is just flat out lying about this. And his press conference about this was a joke when they said, uh, when are you going to allow cameras down there? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, and then they ask. When we get our shit together. When's that going to be? Can't tell you. They ask I don't Kamala know. Harris, when are you going to go down to the border? It's commonly <laughs> racist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sometime in the future. <laughs> She does have that uncomfortable, oh. like, uh, you've made me uncomfortable, I'm just going to cackle sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. So, I got a song for her. I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to produce it and see what you think. It's it's uh, set to the tune of Corella DeVille, but it's Kamala <laughs> Harris, so I'll, I'll, I'll produce it and we'll play in the next one. Um, the last thing I had was, did you see the Washington Post article about um, uh, the, the, the Washington Post? I mean, about as leftist as you get. Gave Biden a uh, four Pinocchios on his comments about the Georgia voting law that passed. Oh, so he lied. Well, yeah. Biden lies all the time. Four Pinocchios worth of lies. Look, the guy is a liar. He is, he is, he's on video lying his entire fucking Corrupt career. liar. Don't feel sorry for him. And I just, I want somebody to explain to me. I know the answer, but I want to hear somebody justify to me. And I'm not, this is not a partisan for me. This is just politicians in general. Joe Biden was 29 years old when he got in the Senate. He got out, I think, when he was 72, okay, something like that. So 50 years, 40 years in politics. Owns multiple homes, but has never made a salary more than, I think, $175,000 and lived in one of the most expensive parts of the country in the D.C. area. Yeah, he's got a house in Delaware, too, but how the fuck does that happen? How do you do that? You, you have to have gotten money somewhere else. Corruption. Right. But how do these people who are in government forever 
have millions of dollars. I said it about uh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham said, well, I'm going to donate $2 million to the Georgia re-election thing. How the fuck does Lindsey Graham have $2 million? And how is that eligible bachelor not married yet? I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's legal in his state, isn't it? Yeah. That silky, syrupy voice of his. <laughs> so sexy. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> That's not a good voice. Um, but anyway, so the Washington Post is even calling Biden out as bullshit. This guy is, he is collapsing. I mean, he is, yeah. uh, it, it, and it's gotten so I can't watch the five at all because I cannot watch Juan Williams just try and justify all this shit. Yeah. He's, I mean, they say, uh, his press conference was terrible. He was like, oh, he was very clear the whole time. No, he wasn't. He had a point where he was talking about how you get stuff done in the Senate and he just goes, well, it, well, and I saw, and then he goes, whatever. It. And if you listen, you can hear the people in the room sort Gasp. of go, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, when he fucks. And then he's got his, they, he accidentally showed off his, his notes and they had like, what is it? 12 point font of old man font. And yeah. then, uh, and then pictures of all the, um, reporters in the room, like oh, really? pictures of them and then numbers by them. Like, this is the person you call in first. There's the picture of the person. There's their name. And then you see when he had that like moment where he like was totally fucking put off by what, forgot what he was saying. And then circles back around and goes, let's uh, move on to the next one. Uh, let's see here. And he looks down at his list and he sees the name and he goes, Oh, this one. That's a th- saying. Na- and he tries to say same name. Yeah. But he like fucks at him. Like saying Nang sounds like he's like saying some Chinese name and he goes, Anna or something like that. It's like, he's just so fucking out of it. Yeah. And it's obvious. And then, yeah, he'll have moments of lucidity, but it's, it, that's what happens when you start this slide. I hate it. You know, the slide in dementia, it's not like gradual, you know, it shows like a straight progression. It's spikes, it's ups and downs, but it gets worse progressively for sure. And you'll have your good moments and you'll have your really bad moments. And they took so long preparing him for this press conference. Well, if you see Australian sky news, Man, they are just going to town at him. They're just, I mean. They should. They're pretty conservative. And he but. even said so. It's not off limits to go after someone like that. Like when he falls going up the steps, he goes, that's perfectly valid. He said that about Trump. Perfectly yeah. valid to talk about that. Um, you know, physical, you know, their missteps are, are perfectly valid to talk about that. So don't except give when us. It, except when it's him. Yeah, don't give a shit for going after him on any of this because he said so. He said it's okay to talk about this How stuff. How dare you? How dare I? How dare you? So. All right. Well, we're coming up on time, I yeah, suppose. Next so. time, I think we're going to talk about um, the Chauvin trial. There'll be more info to talk about. I'm sure they'll, we'll have plenty. We haven't really discussed much of it. No. So, but, Although I did watch one witness get her ass kicked by the defense yesterday. So, Yeah. So, um, But I think the pundits are saying the defense is... Still faltering. Yeah, still yeah. faltering. So Not we'll objecting s- when they should and yeah, stuff we'll, like that. We'll see how it goes. But. I did want to point out that this is episode 150. It is. And on episode, just to put this in perspective for people, we record about an episode a week. And we've taken a few weeks off here and there for holidays or schedules not matching up. And at episode 100, we're going to try and do a live event with some people and stuff. And then COVID hit, so we couldn't do this. We're thinking of having it like a bar or something. And we said, well, we'll just do it for 150. Well, this is 150. We still can't fucking do it. Yeah, crazy. I mean, we... We could. We could, but it's logistically be. But it would be well, an the second issue. time he said the word logistics. Yeah. Oh. It would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's logistics, you racist. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, if you want to email us, it's rooster at breadandzerkspodcast.com 
or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. Or you can interact with us directly on our Facebook page, Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you, bye.